Okay. Vayakha Pakude is like really... Also this year, Vayakha and Pakude. So it's a really nice challenge to try to find something there's meaningful. Not so much Rashi D- there's not a lot of Rashi. There's not a lot of a lot of things uh, in Vayakha and Pakude. And so this week, we'll ju- I just, we just got to take it one parish at a time. So we'll do Vayakha this week, going to Pakude next week. And we'll see what we can... Uh, what we can do, but I have, I have, I have a couple things for you. So I think, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Um, one thing though that, just by the way, that I think that people, a lot of times you don't think about it in terms of just knowing what's happening in the story. And it's really important to like consider when Parshas Vayakal happens. Parshas Vayakal is the culmination of this entire process that takes place from the time of Chet Egel all the way till the Jewish people are forgiven and Moshe comes down with the second Luchos, right? So there's 120 days plus that go by. Moshe Rabbeinu goes, Jewish people get to the Torah of Sinai. Next day, Moshe goes up for 40 days on the mountain. He comes down. The people think he's a day late. A day late. They're doing the Chet Egel. He smashes the Luchos. Bad news. And what does he do? He goes right back up on the mountain, right, for 40 days to ask for Kapara, for the Am, comes back down. And, and by the way, when he's there, at first Hashem says, no problem, I won't destroy them, but, I think we talked about this before, I, I won't destroy them, but I'm not coming. Hashem says, I'm going to send a Malach. This is the part of the story we don't really like, focus on as much. He says, oh yeah, Hashem, Moshe went up and he, he did Shuvah, but it was good, but it wasn't that fast. He goes up, Hashem says, fine, I won't, I won't destroy them, but I'm not coming. I'll send a Malach will take you in territory Israel, but I'm not coming with you. And the people get very upset, and they cry, and they take off the crowns that they were given in Harsinai. It's like a very, like, emotional, Moshe goes, is like talking to Hashem at the Ohal Moed, whatever that is, and like, the people watch him, but they're not able to come close. It's like a very, there's this distance that now has been created between the people and Hashem, even though Hashem has agreed not to destroy them. So, but then, Moshe says, don't, we can't, we can't handle that, it's too upsetting, and he goes back up, and he, and, he, and he fights with Hashem again, more that they should, he should take us back all the way, right? And when they find, so what finally happens is he goes back up in the mountain again for 40 more days, carves out the second set of luchos himself, right, by hand, and he, and he goes through the whole process of Kabbalah Satara again, culminating with what day? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, right? Yeah, Shavuos is the first Kabbalah Satara. And Yom Kippur, it ends on Yom Kippur. Is actually right. The Yud Zayin B'Tamuz, Shabbat Shalom is the day of the of the Chet Egel, and all that time later culminates with the day of Yom Kippur, which is the day of the ultimate Slicha Vikapara, Right, because it's the first time, the first Tshuva process is culminated on Yom, on that very first Yom Kippur when Am Yisrael are forgiven. They get the second set of luchos. Right, so that's what's happened all this time, basically from Yisro, all the way through to Parshas Vayakal. You're going to say, but what about the whole command to give the Mishkan, to build the Mishkan? So that's where Rashi and the Ramban have a big machlokas, was the Mishkan, because Hashem, Moshe comes down that day. Well, you know, let's just, let's jump into to source number one. And this is, this is not really, I'm giving this as by way of like introduction to what we're going to talk about, but we'll see how it's related. So take a look at source number one. Vayakel Moshe es Moshe then Convenes, convoked. I don't know what convoked is. I guess it means convenes. All of Am Yisrael. And he comes down 
again, he has just come down the mountain. They haven't seen him for another 40 days. He brought the second set of luchos, and now Moshe has something to talk to them about. What does he say? Six days you should do work. On the seventh day is a, is a day that's holy, a Shabbos for Hashem. Anyone who does Malach that day will die. You shouldn't have fire at all that day. Why is he mentioned a fire? And Barbanel says because he's trying to explain the difference between Shabbos and Yantif. On Yantif, you can use fire, right? You can light a fire, but you can use fire. And then what happens? And then Moshe says, okay, this is what Hashem wants from you. Now take gifts for Hashem. He's talking to them now about collecting money and items for building the... Okay. So Moshe comes down the mountain and he commands them to build the Mishkan. Why is he now commanding them to build the Mishkan? Why is that the culmination? Why is that happen right after this first Yom Kippur? They need something to look at. Need to, okay, so one possibility is, and this is what some of the Rishonim say, it's a concession. Right? The Mishkan is a concession to the fact that Amishal clearly for the Chet Egel showed that they needed something physical, and Hashem never intended to have a Mishkan, and it's only after the Chet Egel that Hashem Commands it. This is where you have a big machos in Rashi and the Ramban was the story of Truma and Titzaveh. Is that before Kisisa? Right? Is that the order that we have it? That Hashem is commanding the Mishkan that's part of what we're always going to do? Or no? Is it really out of order? That really the Chet Egal happened first? Right? And then as a response, Hashem commands Moshe, Truma, Titzaveh, Anhar, Sinai, the, the last time. And then when Moshe comes in, he goes, okay, got a new thing called the Mishkan. That's a Machalgus Rashi in the Ramban. Was it, a, was it a response or was it always meant to be that way? But either way, once Hashem comes down, once Moshe comes down and he reconvenes the people, he says, time to build a Mishkan. The Ramban writes, it was a way of, right? To build a Mishkan and I'm now going to be with you. Why is that so important? Because what Hashem said before, I'm not coming. He has said before, I'm sending a Malach, I'm not coming with you. So this, this, this command of the Mishkan is like so heartwarming in a certain sense. In, in the Ramban, it's in very beautiful language. They, res, they like return to their like original place and they're so like, you know, this love that, that Hashem has for the people. And that's what, um, that's the goal in a certain sense or the reason why we now have this Mishkan, okay? As a way of like bringing Hashem back into the nation and showing us that He wants us back. Okay, great. If that's what's supposed to happen here, Someone tell me a problem with what, I, what we read in source number one. What does Shabbos have to do with anything? But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like took a little detour. Right. Right? Again, you're, you are trusting me that I say that the whole goal here is, is, the, is the Mishkan to bring us back, which I didn't make up. The Ramban says that. But if that's true, like what, what are we starting with the Mishkan for? I'm oh, sorry, with Shabbos for? Sheishi Shabim Right? This is what Hashem wants you to do. And then he's like, okay, so you got to keep Shabbos. Ah, ah, okay, 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 good, 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 good. So we know that this whole concept of Shabbos and Melech Shabbos, the Isser of 39 Melech and Allah to do on Shabbos comes from the Melech Right, That's where it comes from. Right? How do we know where it comes from? 
It's from here. There are actually four examples in the Torah where the Torah right, places, juxtaposes the Malachas HaMishkan with Shabbos. Look in source number two. I brought you one other example. There's actually four times when it happens. Source number two is actually last week in Parshish Kisisa. Talking about the big day, the, the big God for the Kohen Gadol. They should do all the things that we commanded you about how to have the Shemin and the Ketorahs and all the different things we're going to use. What is Ach? How do you translate the word Ach? However, but. Right, Ach always comes. Ach, the Ach chilek. Ach always tells me that there's something to remember. Wait a second, right? Like we need to, even though you're going to do this whole thing, building the Mishkan, don't forget to keep Shabbos, right? So why ki osi beni benechem ledorosechem ladas ken yashem mekadeshchem to know because it's a special sign between me and me and and your children for generations, to know that I am Hashem who makes you holy. And Shema Shemesh Shabbos, and that's actually right afterwards, Visham and B'nai Yisrael Shabbos, all comes right there in Parashat Kisisa. Also, very funny. But I got it. Hashem doesn't say, build the Mishkan, and ach, make sure, don't eat chazer. Who said that? Doesn't say that. Right? Why not? Why not? Says Rashi, source number three, Sheishes Yamim, Hiktim Lahem Azharas Shabbos, Hashem took, this is in Parashat Vayakel, Hashem, pre, before he talks about Malachas HaMishkan, he first talks about Shabbos. Why? So tell me that building the Mishkan cannot happen on Shabbos. Okay? And a similar Rashi, source number four, this is the Rashi in Parashat Kisisa, V'yata Dabreo B'nei Yisrael, V'yata, Afal Pishet Hifkiditichal Ditzavosam Amalachta HaMishkan, Right? Even though let's just say Malachas Mishkan, even though I've told you Moshe to tell them to build a Mishkan, Al Yakel Do not make Shabbos weak or lax in your eyes to push off, right? To push it off and play Osa Malacha in place of that Malacha, meaning you will not do any of this. All the things I'm commanding you to do, you do not do on Shabbos. Right? Why Aches Shab Society Shmaru says Rashi Afal Pisha to you Redufin Uzrizim Bezrizus. Even though you should be like running after, so excited to do the Melachas Amishkan, Shabbos Al Tidchami Panea. Do not knock off Shabbos in its place. Koachin Verakin Miutin. Right? Ach always tells me to me Mimai Lemaeit Shabbos. Shabbos is excluded from Melachas Amishkan. So it is very clear from Rashi, at least, and many others quoting Chazal, that this distinction here, or placing this juxtaposition of Shabbos. And the Mishkan comes to teach me that I can't do Malachas HaMishkan on Shabbos. Fine. And that's where we get also, right, this idea in general, that the 39 Avos Malachos, the 39 things you don't do on Shabbos, come from the Malachos that were done for creation of the Mishkan. It's not random. Why is that? Why do those two things go together? How do I know? How does this conversation teach me that the 39, the things you can't do on Shabbos are the things that are done to build the Mishkan? This is not like some super trick question. 
No, but it is like it's slightly. I know. I'm like trying to get to the logic. It's What's a the point? Strange. No, but how do you? How do you? How do you? Okay, how, they're just side by side. They're just supposed side by side. But what is? What's the commandment? Like, yeah, meaning it's saying you can't do it on Shabbos. Can't do what? Is it? It's the malacha of the Mishkan. So that's what it malachot of Shabbos. Bingo. Are. Exactly. Meaning. It's meaning. Right. It's a meaning. Circular. Meaning. It's, it's a little circular, circular right? Yeah, but meaning when you put the two together, what do you say? Ah, make sure you build your Mishkan. Don't do it on Shabbos. So Chazal say, wait a second. Wait, I can't do this on job. Oh, oh, I, oh, these are the things I can't do on job. <laughs> right? What are the, right? If the if the Torah goes out so many times to tell me and make sure not to build a mishkan on Shabbos, oh, it sounds like all the, every then there was nothing excluded. It wasn't like well, this you can do on Shabbos from the lechas of mishkan. No, not none of them. Oh, so let's figure out what were all the things that were done to build a mishkan. All of those things are forbidden on Shabbos. The chiddush, I guess, is that only those things. Right? It's, it, there's no. There's nothing else. All right, so Chazal learn out the Gemara and Shabbos. We make it pretty broad. So what is that yeah, that's gives us circular. Like what? Like what was that? Inductive reasoning. I made that up. Is that what it is? I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Oh I'm not so good at that stuff. Is there another example of that in like the Torah? <laughs> there are a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The Gemara does Probably. a lot. You're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we always that that every Mishnah that's taken apart by the Gemara is like, oh, oh you said this, so when you said this, you didn't say that. So right, but it's, it's, that's the implication. Oh, that's the implication. But, uh, but the Gemara, the, the, the Chazal have that in the, we have already in the Mishnah, the 39 Avos Malachos, which are listed all in the Gemara, the Gemara and Shabbos, the fine Gemara. So, um, fine. Okay, that's all very nice and good. And that's where we get this idea of no Malach on Shabbos, and these, these specific Malachos you don't do on Shabbos. We have lots of books about the 39 Avos Malachos. Many, many of them, they fill the libraries of our houses. Great. Okay. Uh, what's the, there's a problem, though. Why? Why what? Why can't we do those malachas on Shabbos? Why can't I build a Mishkan on Shabbos? Right. Why so, what's so crazy? Like I said, Mishkan's a beautiful mitzvah. Why can't that be done on Shabbos? A lot of other things that, there's a lot of other things I can do on Shabbos that are mitzvahs. I do other mitzvahs on Shabbos. Why can't I do these one? You're like, okay, it's Shabbos. Like, of course not. Right. But pretend you didn't know that. Right. Why does Hashem make, and it's a big deal. It quotes it, it's it four times. Right? Yeah. I just wanted to say, like, before all this, Hashem, doesn't Hashem know that we can't handle it? Like, what's going to happen? So it's kind of like putting us in the position. Which? What do you mean? The, the Eagle? Yeah. The Mishkan? Yeah, what do you mean? No. Okay. Can we just try to recording something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Ready? Hold on. Ready? Hold on. Okay. So why why would Hashem place us in the position to, to like, uh, to... Make such a terrible mistake. So, I'll tell there's a great Rambam. It's a great Rambam and a, and a Ravid in the Kesem Mishnah, which I'll tell you just fast. It's not exactly what we're here to talk about, but it's so amazing and so powerful. It doesn't totally answer your question, but it's related. The Rambam raises the question. He says, Hashem, this is like apparently a philosophical problem. I don't have these problems because I'm, I'm not such a philosopher. So, like, it's like, sometimes it's helpful not to be quite as, like, you know, sophisticated because then these things don't bother you as much. But people who are really sophisticated and philosophical, probably you guys. So it, it might bother you, but people say like, how, so Ramam raises the question. He says, how could it be that, he says in the Mishnah Torah, he says, how could it be that Hashem, it's in the Hegel Shuvah. He says, how could it be that um, Hashem knows what we're going to do and gives us free will? It's not free will. Hashem already knows what we're going to do. Right? It doesn't make any sense. So he asked the question. It's a good question. And he says, I don't know. It's too hard for me. He goes, we don't understand Hashem. Hashem's Hashem. We don't, we like, we like pretend that he has like a, like, that he's 
has a level of sophistication like us, like human beings. Hashem is much more sophisticated than us. His, his understanding of the world is way different than we can possibly fathom. And like some things we don't get. And the Ravid, go, who's on the, page of the, on the page of the Rambam, goes crazy on the Rambam. He says, how could you say such a thing? He goes, you're going you're gonna to raise questions for people. They're going to become uh, non-believers in Hashem. You're raising questions without giving answers. What are you doing? Just write nothing. You have nothing good to say. Just say nothing. We're raising questions without giving answers. And the case of Mishnah, who is actually Yosef Cairo, who later writes the Shulchan Aruch, he writes, no, that's exactly the point. He says, you know why the Rambam raised the question and didn't give an answer? So that everyone who follows the Rambam and reads the Rambam for generations will know that even the Rambam sometimes didn't know the answer. And there are some things we don't know the answer to. That's also okay. There are things, that, we don't have an answer for everything. Even the Rambam. Rashi writes all the time, any yodeya. Rashi could write nothing. He writes and says, any yodeya. Right? So that's, an, it's just, that's just an important piece of this. But why he does, I don't, the answer is I don't really know. But no, but it's, there, is a, there is a wild Gemara in the and I want to correct it correctly, not, not to me, not to, but I, I, I think I'm correct. That almost says something like, Hashem sort of, like wanted the Chedegel to happen, sort of. It doesn't say exactly like that, but almost like that, he kind of knew what was going to happen. It was kind of like, okay with it, to a certain extent. Meaning that there's a certain growth process that happens to those mistakes, even though in a certain sense we pay for the Chedegel forever in a certain sense. But, but there's also a, a big value in these mistakes happening and we learn from them. And that's why Hashem allows us to make all kinds of mistakes that we make every single day. He could step in, right? if he wanted to, take away our free will. He, want, he doesn't, but he could. But he doesn't. Right? It's sort of the same thing on a national level, allow them to make this mistake. And then, by the way, what's the Mishkan? As many point out, every time we read Vayakha Pekudai, especially Pekudai, what does it say over and over again? Every time they do what, every time they do what, the, what the Mishkan was supposed to be, it says, Kasher Tziva Hashem. What's it? That's a million times. Why? And many of them should point out, as opposed to the Chet Ego, where they did what they wanted, they now had this physical, you know, this physical thing to use for their Vodash Hashem, but it was Kasher Tziva Hashem. It was Be'kar Shprach who told them to so they were able to participate and do something physical and have what they wanted and get this, you know, this vehicle for their, for their Vodas Hashem, but they did in the way that Akadosh Baruch Hu had commanded them to. And that becomes a tikkun, right? It fixes the mistake of the Chayi Eagle. And so did Avram even eat matzah on Pesach? The Chazal say that Avram kept every mitzvah in the Torah, whatever that means. The Gemara says that, right? So we don't know what that means exactly, but yes, they do say that. That certainly precedes, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Egypt experience. Right, 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 right. Okay, so but, but let's get back to our other question, which is, what's, what's the big deal? Why can't we build a Mishkan on Shabbos? Because then we're not going to be with Hashem. If Hashem is coming down to be with us on Shabbos, and we're say, He's saying, I'm going to come down to be with you. Yeah. He doesn't want us caught up in... You won't have time for like Kiddush and, have, and, and like Zviros. He could have made a time. distracted by... Like the reason for building the Mishkan is to be closer to Hashem. And okay. if we're caught up in the physical elements of it, we're going to, perhaps we might forget what we're really working on. Okay, about. what could one counter? And some of the, some of the sacrifices were related <laughs> to the whole Shabbos too. Some of the sacrifices were done on Shabbos. Yeah, there were some, right, there were some, uh, some you know, uh, malachos that were, you know, when it comes time to use the Mishkan, which are, you know, uh, pushed aside for Shabbos, that is true. But I'll, I'll make the opposite argument. If, if Shabbos is all, if Shabbos is about Hashem, the Shechina coming to our house, when you see our Slavetric talks about that, the, the idea that Shabbos comes to visit us on Shabbos. Right? The Shechina comes. Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Right? 
So what is a better thing to do on Shabbos then? Build a Mishkan. The place where Hashem is going to come in. No? You have Menucha Shabbos too. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, we if, need to find Menucha right. as... That's <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if the Melech Shabbos is not just like hammers and nails, it, it's a spiritual process. You could have very easily, you could have made an easy argument that it should take place on Shabbos. Maybe it should only take place on Shabbos. Right? It's, that, that is the time for Hashem to come into our lives. So should, should I do it on Shabbos? I mean, if we're, if we're commemorating, if Shabbos is in part commemoration of Hashem's world universe building process where Sheshas Yamim he does all ah, this okay, stuff okay. But, and on Shabbos he rests so, so we should be doing we are, the same thing we're working on the Mishkan we okay. are a, a micro but parallel scale building something right. and then on the seventh day he OC because if you want that's a, actually rest. it's a pretty good argument right because if, if it's an OC right? it's a, it's a symbol Right, that Hashem worked for six days, then that seventh day he rested. Okay, that's, 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 that's a fair argument. I like that. That's not bad. Building the Mishkan could be part of preparation for Shabbos, and then you stop. And then you stop. Right. But it's part of preparing. Right. We don't keep preparing for Shabbos on Shabbos. Right, 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 right. Except that in this case, it wasn't ready yet, the Mishkan. So then I'm going into Shabbos, my Mishkan is not ready yet. Right? So for, for, for a long time. I don't know. It's a mindset thing. It's a mindset thing. Okay. So we're going to see a couple of answers. A couple of other answers. Okay, take a look at the Barbanel in source number five. This, I've been, I was searching for this Barbanel. I, 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 don't, I, I sort of found it, but I'm not sure I totally found it. But you'll, you'll, we'll see. He says something, something meaningful in source number five. Barbanel always asks like 100 questions, and then he like provides his answers. He asks like six or seven questions related to this, and he fa- says the following. Let's see if you can help me try to take this apart. And then I have a couple other, other, other ideas for you. Okay, says the Barbanel source number five. At the, end of the, at the end of the line. For line one. Lefishet siva yisparach alasiyas ha-mishkan, the kelev. Right? Hashem commanded us to build the mishkan and its kelev, its utensils. Shehayam moreh al dveikos Hashem yisparach. Visharash chinas Right? What is the goal of the, of the, of the mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash? That Hashem should dwell amongst us in, 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 uh, uh, in the world. Hayaefshah sheyachshav adam, a person might have thought, shapal, I might think, what is the goal of building a Mishkan? To bring Hashem into this world. So what, is, what I think is the greatest mitzvah in the world is building a Mishkan, bringing Hashem into the world. That's my job. Right? The people should notice Hashem in the world. So what's a greater thing to do, to do in any mitzvah in, in all of the Torah than to build a Mishkan? Right? And much better than just doing nothing on Shabbos. What do we usually want to do? We don't just want to be passive. I don't want to sit around and do nothing. I want to do something constructive. What's more constructive to bring Hashem into this world than to build a Mishkan? It's a, good, it's a, it's a nice thought. I would have thought to say. Right? right? That's what I thought. So he says, Skip a few words down. That's why I might think right, that the Melechaz HaMishkan would, would knock off Shabbos. Right, to do something much greater than doing nothing. Fine. Uh, and that's why he says to him, right, 
v'shohu b'arei olam. Right, so, so he says, so what did Hashem have to command, therefore? He had to command, right, that we should stop that work, right, as what, as a testimony that Hashem is, right, Hashem is in our mikdash, right, but where, where is he really? V'shochein b'shocheinu. Where is he really? He's in us. That's a nice, a nice, a nice fluffy word, right? But it's the Barbanel, right? That, he, that, he's, that I recognize, right? What's the difference between Hashem being in the Mishkan and being in us? I don't need, I, I, I stop for a minute. I'm building a Mishkan, which I say, oh, that's where Hashem's going to live. And what's the reminder? No, Hashem. That's not where Hashem's going to live. Hashem, Hashem's going to be anywhere. Just, Hashem doesn't have to be there. Which is particularly meaningful coming on the heels of what they did at the AL. Ah, ah. Like, yes, I'm, perhaps it's a concession. Perhaps it was L'Chachila, but right. like, I'm letting you have a Mishkan. But remember, even if I'm there, where am I really? Right, but right. Wouldn't it actually, wouldn't it imply that the six days a week he would be in the Mishkan and only on the seventh correct. day with them? Correct, 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 correct. Like but like but the, the idea... But it, the point is, the Ramban, the Barbanel is saying, is that why, that's why I might think, like I was saying before, like it makes sense to do this, but why not? To remind them that it's not all about the Mishkan. It's not only Mishkan, right? And that there's a way that a Kaddish Baruch comes into our lives even without it. He doesn't say it as explicitly, he says it a little bit, but it's a very, it's a very important point, right? Taking a look, um, take a look at the rough, source number six, or Silvechik. This is Nechumash Mesoros Haraf, which I've showed you before. So he writes a similar idea, right? What is the nature of these intertwined concepts, these two things, Mikdash and Shabbos? The answer is fundamental. Both Shabbos and the tabernacle, the Mishkan, constitute sanctuaries. One is a sanctuary in time, while the other is a sanctuary in space. God wants Jews to... Got it, got it, right? (laughs) This is the first time I have a, a good. It's my first time I have a good title. God wants Jews to establish a residence for Him both in space and in time. The Jew has prepared properly for the Shabbos and is about to light his candles. Finds himself in the same position as the Jew of two thousand years ago, preparing to enter the sanctuary. What's the point? I Hashem wants to remind us that we don't need Mishkan or Mikdash to have Vishachanti Besocham. Obviously, that's the ideal. The ideal is to have Mikdash. We want a mikdash. Hashem mikdash shows Hashem to the entire world. There's, there's, the value of mikdash is, is immeasurable. But in its absence, we shouldn't forget that there is a way to bring a Kaddish Baruch Hu into our lives without it. Right? On the one hand, infinity separates the human being from God. On the one hand, we have like no, we're so different from Him. On the other hand, God is imminent and close to His people. Through symptom, self-contraction, God squeezed infinity into finitude. And chose to dwell among human beings, first in the Mishkan and later in the Mesa Midrash. So anyone who told you that the Rebbe Salvechik was not a, not a chassid, right? not a chassid, so the Rebbe Salvechik was, was taught, as he, when he was a young boy, he was taught by a, a Chabad, a Chabad Melamed. Uh-huh. So he had a lot of Chabad philosophy that he, that he had you know, uh, internalized and used. And even there's stories about how he wanted to teach Tanit, his Talmud didn't want to hear it. But that he, that he, he had a lot of that in him also. Um, not surprising that his... his Daughter Atara ends up marrying Rabbi Slatorsky, who was the Talmud Rebbe. Right, so, so, Rabbi, so uh, who, she just passed away, right? Rabbi Slatorsky, just a, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, that, that, that line, I asked her, we, Rabbi Slatorsky, Rabbi Mary Slatorsky, their son was sitting in Shiva this week, he's my Rebbe. So, I went to visit him, and he, someone asked him, like, what was the difference between like, the Chassid and the Misnagid in your family? You know, like, Rabbi Slatorsky was a, was a Soloveitchik. 
and his father was uh, a chassid. And he was like, oh, I was like, almost no difference. <laughs> he said they were the same. It's, uh, he said they lived, they lived a life of truth. There's some minhagim here or there, you know, but for the most part, it, it wasn't a clash at all, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, but, the, but bottom line being, right, I'm just telling you, the, 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 the Hashem contracts himself into the Mishkan. Shabbos embodies a similar idea. On Friday night, Hashem pays us a visit. Lechadori represents the Shekhinah knocking on our door. The festivals in Shabbos are different. This is an idea that Rabbi Salvech used to say a lot, which is that why is it that we go to the Beis HaMikdash on, on Yom Tif, but we don't go to the Beis HaMikdash? There's not a lot of for Shabbos. So he said, because Shabbos is the Shekhinah comes to visit us. Right. On Yom Tif, we go to visit HaKadosh Baruch Right? So there's no Kabbalah Shabbos. That's why on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a Yom Tif night, you don't say Kabbalah Shabbos. Because that's not what we do. We're not really supposed to be taking the Shekhinah to our house. We're supposed to go to him. Right? But Shabbos represents Hashem comes to visit us. Right? That's what the Shekhinah shows up in our homes. Right? The Shekhinah of the Mikdash was of a transcendental nature. At the end of Parshish Pekudi, as soon as the Mishkan was completed, a cloud of glory hovered over it by day and pillar of fire by night. The Shekhinah was both a physical light and a spiritual experience. It was outside of nature and defied the laws of causality. For the Mishkan was nothing less than an ongoing miracle that transcended national order. The idea that Hashem could be in a place is actually impo- sort of impossible, right? Hashem, it's possible because Hashem can do it. But it doesn't make any sense, right? Hashem being in a, in a, in a space. Shabbos also trend- demonstrates God's presence, but on a natural level. Just as God reveals himself through his transcending causal, causal order via supernatural miracles, God also reveals himself in the order of nature. Right, so the point, point being that by having Mishkan and Shabbos are two important values. Right? The Kedusha of a place and the Kedusha of time. Right? Kedusha says Zman. So the point being, Hashem says, I don't want you to think that the Kedusha of any one place is that important that it can override the Kedusha of Zman. And that's why Hashem says, on Shabbos, no Malacha. On Shabbos, you don't build a base on Mikdash. Yes, for six days you do. Right? We should remember there are, there are certain places that are more cutters than other places. This room is more cutters than that room. Right? There's a kedusha that comes into certain places. There's a makkah, it's a makkah mashchina. It's definitely true. Right? The harabayas is different than, uh, than Tel Aviv. It's not the same. Right? There are places that, that have kedusha. Hashem comes to certain places in a certain way. But we should never make the mistake in thinking, I can only find Hashem if I go to a certain place. Right? I can always have, I can, I can find Hashem every week right? in, uh, in Shabbos. Fine. Um, so that's, that's one answer. That's one answer to the question. Um, yeah. Um, but maybe that's the answer, to be honest. But, but it, it, yeah, something you want to say? Alana's uncomfortable. Yeah, what do you got, Alana? Got? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just trying to understand it. I'm just, um, we're not saying that the Kedusha of Zman is holier than the, are we saying that? I don't think we're saying the Kedusha of Zman is necessarily holding than the Kedusha of, of a Makom, necessarily. Oh, okay. Not necessarily. But, but there's a value in this case of Hashem saying to separate the two. And maybe, oh, maybe we shouldn't think... I, maybe. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking out loud as you're saying I mean, this. When they, when they collide... They do collide. When they collide, so when they Hashem is saying Kedusha of Zman wins. Yeah. Does that mean that's greater? I don't know. But maybe what he's saying is... Yeah. Maybe, maybe the message more is that I shouldn't, I shouldn't make the mistake to think that... Kedushas Hamakom always wins, right? Doesn't necessarily mean that Kedushas Zman is better. I don't know. I'm not sure. Know, yeah. I'm not sure. But that, that that time beats out space. I don't know. It does, but it, but it, it but it transcends time. Transcends space. Yeah. Right. So in that sense, yeah. if I because if I just rely on space, the Kedusha of space, it's very dangerous actually. 
right? This, is, this relates to another idea we've said many weeks ago. We've said it actually, honestly, multiple times. The idea that when, that when Yaakov Avinu is, goes to sleep at the Makom HaMikdash, and he says, wow, manorama, wow, this place is an amazing place. And uh, Rashbam says, what was that place? He says, against all of Chazal, who say that was the Makom HaMikdash, he says it was a place called, it was Luz, the place yeah. that the Torah says it is. Yeah. Right? And we quote from Emma Golden, who says, that's exactly the point. Yaakov is heading out of, out of Eretz Yisrael. Right? And what's he nervous about? If I'm not in a Malcolm Kadosh, what's going to happen to me? If I can't be in a place right, that's Kadosh, I'm going to be lost. And what's Hashem's response? No, I'll be with you wherever you go. And he specifically gives him an experience of connecting to Hashem, not in the Malcolm Amikdash, in some random place. Right? Why? To show him he doesn't need Kadosh as a Malcolm all the time. You could, Kedusha Zazman can, or, you know, a Kedusha can be found anywhere, right? At any, at any time. Even though there are certain times that are more Kadosh, like Shabbos, it's more Kadosh than other times. No matter where we are, the time, Shabbos comes. No matter what. No matter what. Can't hold it off. It doesn't matter. The place, <laughs> we know what that's like. To do with it, right? right? No. Yes. If, and, if the world was, was ended, we would still have Shabbos. Right? Even but we wouldn't, yeah. We wouldn't know, but yeah. When it's Shabbos in Australia when it's not Shabbos. That's different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, anyone who's ever been stuck somewhere for Shabbos knows that experience of Shabbos will come when Shabbos comes. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you may not be in the place where you want to be, right? And that's the, that's, that's the challenge of Shabbos, but it's also the power of Shabbos. In that sense, it's the power of a Shabbos that, that descends on us. You know, no matter what. And that's the only thing that we don't declare. You know, we declare the new moon, we right. declare the holidays. Right. We have nothing to do with Shabbos. No matter right. what we do, Shabbos comes on its own. Shabbos. That's right. from Hashem. Right, right. But the truth is, I'm glad you said that. Because the truth is, it, it does connect also. And by the way, let's bring this full circle. If you want to explain to Am Yisrael, who have now come out of Mitzrayim, and made, they made their first mistake with the Chayta Ego, which was a mistake of, I need something physical to make me feel connected to Hashem. Without that thing, I'm stuck. I have nothing. I've, I, I, I can't. Right? I'm, I'm useless. I cannot connect to Hashem without that item in front of me. In their case, the eagle. So Hashem says, I'll give you the item. First of all, I'll give it to you, Kasher Tzivah Hashem. I'll give you exact dimensions. You make it exactly how I say, and you can have that. But he tells them something else. Make sure not to build that thing on Shabbos. Because if you build it on Shabbos, then what are you going to think? That it's all about that thing. It's all about that place. And you can make a mistake in thinking that you can never connect without that thing. Right? And then at times in, in your history where that thing will go away, you'll think it's over, which would happen to Kalei at the time of the Chorba Mesa There was this feeling of like absolute, you know, we're just lost. We have nothing. Right? And that's when Rabbi Kiva, who comes and says, don't, no, don't worry, you have your bonus. He didn't go away. He's not in that, he's not in that space anymore. That space is gone. Right? But you still can find him even without the space. Right? And, that, and that presumably is exactly the point. Ach eshab society shmoru. Over and over, four different times in the Torah. Chalila vachas. Achiv misa. It's a capital crime. To do malachas and mishkan on Shabbos. There's nothing as, as serious. Right? Okay, in Chametz on Pesach. Right? But there's very few things that are as serious. The right? But there's very few things as serious as malachas Shabbos. Right? For again, partly, at least for this reason. Because it drives home that message that we wouldn't think that I'm stuck if I don't have that makom or that item or that thing to connect to Hashem for me. Right? Rather than feeling like I can actually connect to Hashem myself wherever I am. 
in any space. Right? So I, I don't know, Zman, be that space. I think space alone is dangerous. Maybe it's not like that. If I believe in only Kedusha yeah. Zman, only. We should and be one-seventh chassids. <laughs> like one seventh of our neshama should be. You could be seven sevenths chassid. I wouldn't mind. That's fine too. <laughs> no, right? I, that's also very dangerous. Right, right, right. Very right. dangerous. That's but, it's all like. Right. You but know, no, I'm saying whatever. But but yes. But the but the but the point being, I think that fear, yeah. right? Almost we don't want to call it that. Hashem doesn't have fear. The balance. The balance. We use a space. We have special spaces. Spaces that matter. Spaces that are different. Spaces that are unique. We need to be inspired. We have different time. We have different times of the year also. To inspire Kedusha says man also matters to us. Not every time is the same. The times change. I know. We right? just did it this week. We just did it. Nine. Right. And now we're going to do it again. Getting ready for Pesach, right? So there is, every Zman brings with it with a certain, a certain spiritual potential. It's all different. And that's it has value also. But again, to think all, all about the space that I think would be dangerous. And perhaps that's really the answer here is that, you know, we, we don't want to fall into that trap of thinking that if I don't have the space, then I can't find Yubo Hashem. That's not true. You know, I'm, I'm always, able, um, always able to find it. So I have a, I have a sep- second idea here about Bakude, but you know what? Time is up anyways. So we will, we will it's, it's the balance. There's, the, there's a balance to this, which is a, a beautiful word related to the base Hamedash. So we're going to do, we're gonna do, we'll do it. We'll do it next week because it, it takes a long time. We're going to be way over if we do that. So I'm interested we'll talk about that, about that next week. But um, I think this is something to take, take with us so at a time when we don't always have the space that we want. We can find a Kodesh Baruch either way.